0: Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. This is the On the Pony Express podcast. Part of the On3 network. Check out all the SMU coverage you need at ontheponyexpress.com. Now, now. here's your host, Billy Mbody. Billy Emboddy. One, two, three. What do we go.
1: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. We are here to preview the homecoming matchup for the SMU Mustangs against Tulsa, 11 a.m. Central on ESPNU on Saturday inside Ford Stadium. The Mustangs will take on Tulsa, which is coming off of a 42-10 to loss to Rice last week on Thursday night at home. So, the the uh, Golden Hurricane struggling coming into this one. Uh, SMU meanwhile coming off a 55 to nothing win over Temple on Friday night. Tulsa's three and four entering the game. SMU five and two and undefeated in league play. And we'll get to a lot of that. But I did want to close up some thoughts on the uh, Temple win for SMU. Some things that stuck out after i rewatched it and and you know talked to some other people and and kind of gathered some more intel for you guys on just how the mustangs were able to have that dominant performance and look temple is what temple is uh, they're a team that is uh, you know i don't i haven't looked at the espn misery index but they got to be right up there with how things have gone this season and lately uh, losing 5 straight now um with giving up uh, over 40 points in each of those losses and SMU was able to come in, and you know things looked like they were going to roll anyway. And they fumbled on the opening drive. Uh, defense stepped up, was able to you know force that uh, punt, and then SMU got the ball right back, and and things you know took off from there really for SMU. And I think for me, I said this last week, going into I guess two weeks ago now, going into the East Carolina game, but I felt like Preston Stone was really hitting his mark from a confidence perspective. I thought he was uh, at his best in terms of how he felt about what the Mustangs were going to be able to do. And against East Carolina, it certainly didn't pan out like you know they thought it would going in. I think offensively, uh, they opened up and and you know kind of hit some speed bumps early, settled down, scored two touchdowns. They ended up finishing off um, you know the game with a touchdown to R.J. Maryland. But I think the mindset kind of shifted going into that game from how this offense was going to have to operate to be effective enough for smu to be not only in the conversation to appear in the aac championship game but win it and it didn't pan out east carolina was going to be uh formidable on defense i felt like going into that one and smu did as well uh, but we didn't anticipate watching what we saw offensively just from an overall stagnant-ness uh, uh, that they brought to the table against East Carolina in the middle two quarters in particular. But I, I think the overall thing that I took away going into that one and, and then now seeing it kind of continue against Temple is SMU starting to play with a little bit more confidence on offense. Look, the performance against East Carolina was not pretty. It was not something to write home about. The run game was not there. The offensive line struggled Preston stone, especially in the middle two quarters, uh, did not have a good game. The wide receivers didn't help him out. It was kind of all bad, but the, the important thing with this offense as it grows and matures from the early goings of the season where they had some success, but you really didn't, it, it felt like fool's gold in a sense, And obviously, the last non-conference game against TCU, it did not go well, period. But since the Charlotte game, I think they've really worked on getting back to the basics. And watching SMU's coaching staff work with the players during practice and just talking to some people around the program, they've really prioritized that, getting back to the basics. And we see that with the wide receivers. Rob Likens challenged them going into the Temple game to be better, to be the guys they thought they would have going into this season, and that the starters were thrown out the window. And what happened? Uh, Jordan Hudson responded with his best game, um, in my opinion at least, of the season. Uh, Jordan Curley continues to take strides. Jake Bailey continues to take strides. Keyshawn Smith has come along. And now we're seeing kind of what this offense should look like. Granted, Temple is not good. Trust me. I, I get there's that context to it. But talking with Preston Stone this week, I feel like he you know, felt like it was a, a, a strong game from the offense overall, and that has him feeling confident about how they're hitting, his, hitting their stride.
2: I do, yeah. I, I feel like we're really um, getting better each week, being able to stack days. Um, you know, Coach Lashley really challenged us last week uh, before the Temple game just to just to up our game and to execute how we know that we can execute. And um, I feel like we did a good job answering the call last game. And uh, our our goal, our expectation is just to keep getting better. So.
1: And it's true. that That's the name of the game. And that's something I think this staff has done well. We saw them last year work through the run game struggles. It ended up being Tyler Levine is the answer. You know, I think with SMU's running back depth that they have this year, the answer can be in a multitude of different guys each week. It's just a matter of finding that consistency from someone that you can really lean on. But when it comes to Preston, I think they did a nice job trying to pull, I think his trying to rein in his natural talent at extending plays, looking for the big play, um kind of backyard football mentality, and taking that and saying, hey, that is there's a time and place for that but we also have to be able to hit the rhythm passing game we have to be able to check it down we have to improve in the short and intermediate passing game and he did just that i thought that was his best game reading the defense and taking what they gave him um at the same time they were able to hit some explosive plays they were able to draw some pass interference penalties down the field that looked like what smu should should look like offensively and and even then like we've said all year there's still room for for improvement but the, the most important thing is is you're seeing these players and these coaches, I, I feel like for the most part when you talk with some of them, they tell you how it really is. I, I don't think there's too much shielding at times of, all right, well, maybe there aren't issues or maybe there isn't this, there isn't that. Um, <clears throat> and that's allowed SMU to play with a little bit more of an edge and that allowed Preston Stone to have his best game of the season.
2: You know, I think, I think I'm uh... – Definitely as conference play has gone on, as the offense as a whole, we've continued to execute better. Um, I, I definitely felt really comfortable playing last game. I uh, felt, felt really good about our game plan. And, um, you know, like I said, we we, we we were able to execute. We didn't shoot ourselves in the foot. And, um, you know, especially once we get going early, it was uh, it was easy to just keep building off that early momentum. And, um, you know, it's always, it's such a blessing to have the defense that we have, it's, you know, to be able to, if things go wrong on one drive, we'll get the ball back in just a couple of minutes. Um, but as a whole, I feel like we played really well.
1: And a part of that is getting more out of these receivers and, and being able to get guys like uh, Jordan Hudson going, get guys like Jordan Curley going. And I, I think those are things that have happened. Keyshawn Smith broke out against East Carolina. Roger Daniels had a touchdown. Those are all things that as the season goes along, as SMU enters a tougher stretch of conference play, I mean, Charlotte, East Carolina, Temple, all struggling in the league. And you get into Tulsa, who has played SMU historically tough, Rice, North Texas, those those games um, and beyond that, you're going to have to have guys that step up. And so this year, while the run game did struggle at East Carolina, that's kind of the anomaly of the season, in my opinion, at least, watching this run game, looking at well, they're not the issue. The offensive line has been able to open some holes. The running backs have, you know, continued to learn how to pick those holes and they've improved in that. I I, I do feel like they're not seeing as much running into the back of the offensive lineman or missing a hole that's there. Um, they're improving in that respect. The East Carolina game kind of off to its own side. This year, compared to last year, it's the pass game that has to improve and has taken some steps forward. You know, Preston Stone having that efficient of a night at one point, I think he was up around seventy-three percent of his passes completed. Um, but nonetheless, they were, um, you know, kind of hit with some drops here too, here and there, or, or balls that they feel like they should have caught um, in the passing game too. That kind of dipped his completion percentage down to a more, you know, above his average, but but also um, just not where it could have been uh, for that night. So, like I said, there's still things to improve on offensively, um, but for me. I, I get the sense and, and talking with Preston, especially the last couple of weeks, he feels like they're playing with more of an edge and that's important. And I mean, yes, the run game can be that uh, vehicle to, to show that edge and that mentality that is improving week by week, but also an emergence of a guy like Jordan Hudson, who is so competitive, uh, eager to get after it um, and and has really been given the opportunity to shine. And I think that's really important as we look at this stretch run and kind of how SMU is going to be able to navigate it is can they get those guys in the wide receiver room to emerge? And Jordan Hudson is that guy right now.
0: Yeah, it always clicks differently for everybody. But I think the last two weeks, even in practice, I know East Carolina didn't show, but he had a great week that week. Like we felt like he was – I kind of thought he was going to break out that week. Um, But it just was a week later. But just the consistency, the approach, the mentality – Uh, is is getting better and better every day and it was good to see him kind of have a game the other night like we know he's capable of and i think he'll have a lot more of
1: and smu is going to need that you know this is a tulsa team that's struggling i mean rice is one of the better teams in the american this year i think um or um rice is putting together one of the better campaigns just overall in the american right now um but they're still not up in that upper echelon just yet of the league. And so for SMU, um, when you look at that Tulsa game and how they were able to uh, dominate uh, or t- how Rice was able to dominate Tulsa, that stands out to me um, because you you have this, this uh, Tulsa team that for the most part through the years has been really proud and, and been able to piece together wins and all that. But, you know, giving up. 516 yards, only gaining 280. This Tulsa team is ripe for the picking, kind of like how Temple was for SMU. But I expect you're going to see a better effort from Tulsa this week. Uh, they fell behind early, and it just really fell apart from there. Uh, they weren't able to get much going at all. Um, and while they're going to face you know, two quarterbacks in Cardell Williams and Braylon Braxton, who SMU fans are familiar with Braylon Braxton from last year, um, this offense for Tulsa is, is uh, kind of limited. You know They can run the football, they can hit the deep shots, but overall, they just aren't able to do it at a high level. So for SMU's offense, you've got a chance where your defense is going to play well again, but you need to be able to put it together against teams like this. And I I think SMU is going to be able to do that. Um, And in large part, because of the guys that we've talked about throughout this podcast already, they're starting to maybe find their confidence, find that edge and really get to that next level. That they're looking to get to um, overall when it comes to uh, producing and and um, you know just being that SMU offense that we've seen in the past. So um, I'm interested to see how uh, how SMU responds in front of this homecoming crowd uh, back at home in the first time in over a month, uh, which is pretty wild, or, or about a month, which is pretty wild to think about. But um, they do have uh, some some things to you know, execute on. They they are an offense that can't just line up and, you know, throw their jerseys on the field. That's not how how they're that talented, but it hasn't come together like that this year. So they're gonna have to be playing with that edge. And I think there's gonna be a lot of uh guys that don't forget what happened, you know, two years ago at home in Sonny Dykes' last game. They're gonna want to show Tulsa, hey, that's not gonna happen this year. Uh we're gonna come out and keep this thing rolling. I think <clears throat> this team is really, really mature, and and that stands out to me. So um, we'll uh, we'll be watching to see how this offense progresses, stays the same, regresses after its probably best game of the season, maybe not relative to who they're playing or whatnot, but as far as just looking at it as a performance, is probably their best game of the season, um, just being able to dominate Temple the way they did. So um, with that, guys, you guys are going to want to be there on Saturday for uh, SMU homecoming. So this is a perfect time to fire up the game time app and check them out. Uh, game time.co. You can go to the website or download the GameTime app and uh, get your flash deals, find the best deal uh, across Ford stadium for this one. And SMU fans, you know, you can probably find a reasonable ticket to get in there, but the nice thing is you can use promo code pony for $20 off your first order. You can find those deals across the stadium, whether they're uh, a zone deal, a flash deal uh, that you can unlock. If you're watching on YouTube, boom, there's what I unlocked right there. It's an extra 10% off. It's an extra discount on what you're seeing already on there. And so um, for you guys, for homecoming, this is that time where your friends are back in town, you wanna show them a good time. And that's why I've been directing my friends that are coming in to game time. Not only you can use promo code PONY for $20 off your first order, but this is the place for that last minute ticket deal. Your friends come in town, well, they want to enjoy Dallas, but hey, Mustangs are going for bowl eligibility. Let's go to the game. Well, fire up the Game Time app, and it makes it so easy. You don't have to plan. You can just grab your tickets before the game. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PONY for $20 off your first purchase, terms apply, create that account, redeem the code pony for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Find out why it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So appreciate game time and and their support of the on the pony express podcast. Uh, Guys, uh, this SMU defense is now ranked in the top, uh, I believe, 10 in total yardage, I'll have to look real quick, see if it still is holding. Um, And they're number one in the AAC in plenty of categories. So right now SMU's 13th in total defense, 11th third down percentage, 11th in passing yards allowed, fifth in red zone defense, ninth scoring defense, and 11th in sacks. And among the AAC, number one total defense, number one scoring defense, passing defense, first downs allowed, red zone defense, They're second in rushing defense, third down defense, and sacks. This is pretty incredible to be watching this SMU defense week in, week out. Again, the competition level is only going to rise up as the rest of this season unfolds. They'll have to face Rice, which put, put up over 500 yards of offense against Tulsa. Uh, they're going to have to face Memphis. They're going to have to face North Texas um, and a couple other teams in there too. But I think this week against Tulsa is a good test. Tulsa has athletes. Cardell Williams, the quarterback who started last game, Braylon Braxton, who's been nicked up a little bit. Both are probably going to play this week as well. Um, and SMU is you know, going to have to find a way to stop the run this week. That's really important. Tulsa is um, predominantly more effective on the ground. They have that ability to take some shots down the field, make some big plays. Um, But uh, this defense is just so night and day. And going into this week, uh, SMU is expected to get Brandon Crosley, their nickel safety, uh, back in the fold. Him and C.J. Sanders will be at that spot. Um, Kobe Wilson, the linebacker, who did end up playing against Temple a little bit, probably ready to go. Um, Brian Massey is probably out with a shoulder this week. Um, So we're watching him. And also, just a quick note on the injuries, Uh, Justin Osborne is okay. He did practice uh, fully as well as Moochie Dixon, who left the game early uh, with a sore shoulder. Um, So he was practicing today as well, as we're recording this on uh, Wednesday. Um, When Rhett Lashley hired Scott Simons, they worked together briefly uh, earlier in their coaching career. He was a guy that coached under Hugh Freeze. He's coached with some programs that have predominantly had fast-paced offenses. Uh, He's a guy from Texas who... You know, is one very happy to be back home, but watching last year when we broke it down, I mentioned it throughout the season. A lot of it was personnel. You know, they didn't have depth. They didn't have enough talent. Um, they had some positions that they just weren't there yet. Um, maybe in development, development. Maybe in having to work with what they had. You know, the cornerback room kind of comes to mind. There, they didn't have depth on the defensive line you could rely on. This year, they brought in all those transfers. They brought in some leadership: Jonathan McGill, Maud Walker, um, Elijah Robertson, Jordan Miller. Um, they brought in some quality young players, like uh, you know Jalen Davis. Robinson is going to be a good one. Um, Cam Robertson is a young guy. They brought in Alex Kilgore, the freshman. They've revamped this defense, and you know, really, when Rhett Lashley went through kind of what he was thinking with hiring Scott Simons. Uh, he checked a lot of boxes, and it's paying off in a big way.
0: Yeah, that was honestly, I mean, the real re- three reasons I hired him is, one, I did know him, and we'd only worked together once. Uh,
1: sorry about that little little technical difficulties there, but I'll get the, that back up. But, you know, for SMU to hire Scott Simons um, and, and what he meant for this team was he, he has this confidence about him If you watch his interviews on our YouTube channel, you kind of see a lot of that in him as he talks and as he breaks things down, he tells you how it is. He doesn't get caught up in success like they're having right now. He knows the the road is only gonna get tougher, but you know, even though SMU is probably not operating as fast as they did last year and and have in the past under Rhett Lashley, they still move at a good pace. And um, like I said, he checked a lot of the boxes when Rhett Lashley hired him.
0: Yeah, that was honestly, I mean, the real three reasons I hired him is one, I did know him and we'd only worked together one year, like 10, 12 years ago. So, but we, there was enough familiarity. I knew who he was and he knew who I was Two, his track record, you know, of having top 15 defenses, but, but three, he had been with people like you and such that, you know, having an offensive coach who wants to play fast and be aggressive, wasn't something that he was foreign to. And so I felt like those things made a lot of sense.
1: And it's worked out. And and now that they have, added a bunch of talent they've been able to execute a little bit more of their scheme that they want to under Scott Simon so SMU I mean there's not much else to say about this defense they're just playing with such a confidence effort intensity the defensive line is controlling the line of scrimmage pretty much every game there's a drive here and there lately that you know offenses can get, get some credit too um, in putting something together but right now they're operating at a really really impressive clip uh, containing Cardell Williams and Braylon Braxton, both who can run. Um, they uh, Braxton led them in rushing 89 yards last week. Um, that's going to be key. And, um, you know, Tulsa did turn the ball over twice early on against Rice. They took advantage. SMU, I think, is riding a Charlotte, East Carolina, Temple, uh, three-game turnover streak right now. So those things – have to continue. SMU can get an extra possession or two offensively. SMU's offense can take care of the football. That's going to be important uh, for this one. But um, I, I look for, you know, a guy, a guy like Jonathan McGill uh, to continue to lead the way in the secondary. He's been so steady back there. Him and Isaiah Wachobia have really emerged as uh, these two really reliable safeties. Same with Ahmad Moses, who played a lot last week. Um, they they just have talent. They have leadership. They have young guys who have grown into really strong roles, um, like Ahmad Moses. Um, that they, they have. It's it's going to be crazy to after this season see how it all comes back together. They'll return a guy like Ahmad Walker. Jonathan McGill has another year. Um, they've got others, but you're going to lose your two corners. You're going to lose a couple, a few defensive linemen. Uh, how they rebuild this thing is going to be uh, really uh, interesting to see. How it comes together because they're playing at such a high level right now. But on the flip side, Tulsa's down. Um, just kind of watching their press conferences this week. You know, the players are, you know, trying to just keep it as cool and collected as they can as they're going through this. They're one and two in league play. But you can tell there's a little bit of just drag on them right now heading into this one. So we'll see kind of how well they come out. But um, Rhett Lashley did say he expects him to come out motivated and ready to go as, um, you know, Kevin Wilson, the head coach at Tulsa, has been able to move the ball offensively throughout his career. And uh, he's getting his shot again to be a head coach at Tulsa. And uh, for a team that's down, they do have talent. They do have athletes. Uh, it's just really not come together for them at all this year, especially with their new, new defensive scheme.
0: Coach Wilson, he's, he's good. He's been good on offense everywhere he's ever been. Um, you know, they got two quarterbacks, you know, Braxton was hurt. Allowed the other young man to play really well, I thought. Uh, now they've got two guys that are very similar. They can really run the football as an offense. And the quarterbacks are a big part of that. But they still know how to hurt you throwing the football. They've had several games this year, scoring in the 40s and, 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 and scoring a lot of points. So anytime an offense can do that, you know they're capable of breaking out. Um, so we got to, like every week, we got to stop the run. We got to limit explosives. And, and make them drive the field but i think stopping the run specifically this week will be maybe a little bit more of a challenge than it's been the last few weeks um so it'll be good to see how we respond to that
1: and homecoming is always an opportunity for smu to showcase and you want to get bowl eligible i think that's a you know a big step for this program to be in october you know towards the tail end uh potentially getting uh to, to bowl eligibility with a win this weekend i think they do. I think SMU's got a chance to really control this one. I think the line was 21 points uh, last I looked and, um, you know, for right reasons. I mean, SMU has um, just been rolling uh, through conference play so far. And um, for SMU to uh, take care of business, that would be another good sign in the right directions. SMU is 20 and a half point favorites right now. The over under set at 57. And honestly, um I kind of think SMU uh rolls again. Uh I I got SMU winning 45-13. Um that would be a, a clear cover. That would be full eligibility and just once again taking that step in the right direction again and then next week you head down to Rice at 6:30 I think p.m. central time kickoff on ESPN uh U, I believe it is. Um and down in Houston so they'll go on the road and then head back to Dallas on a short week to face North Texas on that Friday night game. But you, to check off this goal, um, I was watching a press conference at another school uh, this week and they were saying, well, you know, bowl eligibility is kind of the expectation around here. And it's true for SMU, you know, this team is expected to be bowl eligible, um, get the opportunity to, to go back to a bowl game um, and, and really make, you know, another step in the right direction in the development of this program we know where smu finished last year we know how well they finished in the regular season last year that if they do that again this year except when out they've got a chance and probably will be uh playing for the aac championship um either in dallas or maybe in new orleans against tulane so we'll see um but uh as SMU is playing with a ton of confidence. And as you get down uh, the road towards the end of this season, uh, you want to be looking confident uh, on the boulevard or wherever you're catching the Mustangs at. And that's why I encourage you guys to check out our friends at Red and West. They just started carrying SMU gear. I was texting with them this week. They're going to add more coming in 2024 to their rotation. But if you use the code ACCReady for 10% off your order, you can get a discount on this high quality breathable polo uh they've got the red with the with the mustang on on the uh uh, shirt there and they also have the white polo with smu branded on it um it's a really really cool design i love um just kind of the throwback to the old style coaches uh polos from uh, the 80s and things like that um so be sure to check out red and west a lot of people have jumped on board with them and uh i saw somebody at the east carolina game uh wearing one so um they're clearly catching on and and being uh, something that can give SMU fans another option, and they're only going to add more uh, as they get into 2024. So I love them. They're breathable polos, and they really are uh, well-made uh, locally as well. So um, check out Red and West. They've got some other colleges on there, too, if you need a Christmas gift. And use code ACCREADY for 10% off your order. So I got SMU winning 45-13. The Mustangs are looking to get bowl eligible And look, recruiting continues to heat up. So be sure to subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com for 50% off annual subscriptions right now. That deal is going on through the game on Saturday. We've had a bunch of people sign up. The site continues to grow. I'm really excited about the direction of it. um, And and this is just only going to get better. So be sure to subscribe, get covered through the transfer portal season, the end of the season, basketball season, summer recruiting next year as SMU readies for the ACC. Again, 50% off for just 50 bucks-ish. You can get covered uh, for a whole year of coverage on the Mustang. So um, SMU will host some prospects on Saturday. We'll have the visitor list at ontheponyexpress.com as we're able to kind of gather who all is going to be in Ford Stadium. But um, I kind of want to reiterate some things that I said and just kind of closing out this podcast. SMU is going down the stretch and they're gaining momentum. They have a chance to get bowl eligible. If they win on Saturday, they are bowl eligible for yet another season. Things are going in the right direction. We see the building that's going up, the Gary Weber end zone complex continues to take shape day in, day out, um, just looks better and better. And you know, for SMU, that's another tool that they can sell to people uh, that are Maybe going to hit the portal at some point and are in the portal once they can start recruiting him. Uh, the high school prospects they're recruiting, 2025 is also off to a massive start on that front. But coming down the stretch here, we're now just a little bit over a month away from the transfer portal season and that heating up. And just talking with some people around college football and, and around the program too, there is no shortage. Of people that are finding ways to let SMU know that, hey, might not like it here. Might need to make a change. Just keep me in mind. And it's going to be a, a pretty incredible transfer portal season. Um, and, and that's just kind of what happens around the country at all sorts of schools. So I'm not saying anything crazy, but with SMU's success, it's different for them. They are the hot commodity right now with the way things are trending. Things in Fort Worth not going well. Baylor's struggling. Uh, Texas Tech's kind of middle of the road. Um, Obviously, Texas and Texas A&M are on two different plateaus right now uh, with their programs. But SMU being in the ACC, having those opportunities to go play those schools, on top of having all the new facilities that SMU's added over the last couple of years and the winning that's going on, and you can now play defense at SMU, believe it or not, It is just a pretty wild time for this coaching staff and how they manage this team down the stretch is going to be very important um, because if they keep winning, pressure is only going to increase. We've seen in the past, not really last season because kind of SMU was out of it, but they finished strong. That was a good first step. You know, SMU can go out on Saturday and avenge the loss that happened two years ago in Ford Stadium. They can check another box. They can beat Rice. They can beat North Texas. Keep those things on the right direction. Um, Go to Memphis, grab a very, very critical win uh, in a place you haven't won in about a decade. Um, And then you gotta play Navy, which is always a tough out. So they have everything in front of them. This team is very mature. I've said that probably for months now, but whether it's offense, whether it's defense, even Colin Rogers is coming around and kicking 47 yard field goals, 50 yard field goals. They have a way about improving and going about their work in a way that is really impressive to me. And I don't think that should be lost on any fan watching this team. There are going to be games that SMU has to show up and absolutely play its best to win. You could pretty much say that about you know plenty of teams across the country. That's kind of the obvious, but I was talking with somebody uh, this week. It's okay to recognize that where this team stands right now they're a pretty darn good football team and they're going to be fun to watch down this stretch. I think they went out. There's a chance that they don't and that will hurt if they don't in terms of how everyone will feel about this season, but it's still okay to recognize that they are a very good football team. And I think they went out and they'll be able to prove people, Hey, this is where we're going. Come jump on board. And, you know, right when that transfer portal window opens, SMU could very well be playing for an AAC championship as they get ready to head out the door to the ACC. So don't forget that thing. Big things are happening at SMU and um, we'll be here to cover it the whole way. So got my prediction in SMU 45, Tulsa 13. We'll see how it goes Saturday, 11 a.m. Central. Be sure to uh, watch the after staying show as well. Uh, We'll be live at Shug's. Bagels in Mockingbird Plaza after the game. Uh, After hours, bagel service won't be open yet because of the 11 a.m. kick. But you can stop by, wave to us in the window. We'll have a special guest as always. So hit that subscribe button for OnThePonyExpress.com as well as our YouTube channel and wherever you follow us at. We appreciate all you guys supporting and uh, we'll check back with you guys after SMU faces off with Tulsa on Saturday, 11 a.m. Central. Catch you then, guys. Hope everybody has a great rest of your week and enjoys homecoming
0: Thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody.
1: Follow us on your
0: socials on X at smu on 3 and on Instagram at on3smu and keep it locked to ontheponyexpress.com for more coverage. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place
1: you've gotten lucky?
2: Lucky?